It is... Wait a minute. What day is today? Today is the 24th. Is it? No, it's not. I don't know what day today is. I truly don't know what day today is. Also, it would help if I wasn't looking at the wrong calendar. No, you know what today is? The day that this comes out? It's October 1st. Yeah, I know, but I'm looking at uh, Christmas vacations on the 24th, which is a Tuesday. Perfect. (laughs) I'm not well. Yeah, I'm so done with October, even though it's barely started, that I'm ready to skip November all the way to December. Yep. But yeah. This is the very beginning of our October series. It's fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. It's spooktober. Spooktober. I love it. And if you've been with us since last year, we did this last year. We're doing two episodes a week for the entire month of October. Yes, it's true. Yeah. So every Tuesday and every Thursday, you will have a new, maybe like a little bit of a shorter episode, but um, we're not skimping on the quality. We're just giving you so much quantity. Yes, I was going to say, it's about quantity Anybody who says differently is selling something. We're, we're keeping the quality, though, because uh, this is a very interesting topic I'm very excited for. I mean, we're keeping the quality in terms of the topics, but I'll leave everybody else to be the judge of whether we're keeping the quality in terms of the research. <laughs> oh. But I'm um, self-roast. I'm tell you, I, uh, <laughs> I hella researched my episodes, so. I mean, I, I think up. I hella researched that. All right, listen. <laughs> gonna reach through the microphone no um no i think i did some pretty good research for this one but we'll see see. what the rest of october holds if i get burnt out like i think i might all right (laughs) all right what are we talking about today i was gonna say should we just hop on into it we're talking we're talking about haunted sets and i also included cursed sets in here because i mean technically they're haunted they're haunted by a curse Yes. Okay. Movie sets. Maybe. Um, you you literally ruin everything, but I love you. Um, I'm just trying to clarify. I'm just wishing you didn't. <laughs> Fine. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we're talking about hauntings. We're talking about curses. We're talking about all the shit that scares Caitlin. Mm-hmm. And it's a little too close to home because where does she want to work on a set? And what if it's haunted? We don't know. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna talk about that today. Dive right and in. It's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a time. It's gonna be a fun little little doozy. So we will dive right in. So first up, we have the iconic 1968 horror film Rosemary's Baby. Oh, love. I I have not seen it because I know that it will upset me. But I love Mia Farrow. I love me some Mia Farrow. So, and that haircut is still divine. Mm-hmm. Fucking 50 plus years later. So, for those who don't know, it was directed by Roman Polanski, who we've talked about before. He's a prolific director and also the widower of Sharon Tate, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. And as I've said, Mia Farrow, if you don't know her, then like, what are you even doing? Um, she's just, she's a fucking queen. She's a fucking queen. She is. Um, and also, I'm not just saying that because she lives in Connecticut. She does. Your home state. My home state. My Oh, yes. For those who are just tuning in, that's my home state. I'm not there anymore because it is Connecticut. Anyway. <laughs> um, so for those who don't know about this movie, Rosemary's pregnant. She moves into a new apartment with her husband and her husband gets recruited by the neighbors in her apartment to join this like satanic cult and... The cult basically sells her baby to the devil so it can be like the Antichrist incarnate. So cool. Well, they kind of they kind of like sell her to the devil. Yes. And, and but she's the vessel yeah, for the, the Antichrist. De- the devil impregnates her. and Yeah, the devil rapes the fuck out of her. Oh, that's right. She's not pregnant yet. See, I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. She she moves into uh, this fancy New York apartment building with. Yes. Is it supposed to be New York in the movie? I believe it. No, I believe it is. If it, it it was New York either way, because that's where she was living at the time. Yeah, it's the Dakota. See, I know it is. It is yeah. where John Lennon got shot. Yes. So that's like, where Rosemary's Baby was. I think we talked about it in the Mark David Chapman episode, but that was like we a might year have. Ago. 
No, we really might have. Oh, God, that was like a year. Oh, God. Yeah. So I don't like that. She and her husband move into this place. It's occupied basically by this satanic cult. Uh, They basically like sell her to the devil. So she gets pregnant with the devil, the devil's child. And uh, she voices her concerns to everybody. And they're like, oh, no, hush, dear. You're just you're just crazy. Like, it's it's fine. It's it's. it's yeah, the prepartum depression. <laughs> yeah. And then she gives birth and then like it's the antichrist. The ba- so. Yeah, the baby looks like fucking Stitch. Um yeah. except not as cute. So yeah. Everybody except Rosemary is in a satanic cult, which caused some heads to roll. And by some I mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Um the production received multiple death threats over the creation of the movie. Mm-hmm. And eventually, the producer, William Castle, was, or one of the producers, William Castle, was actually rushed to the hospital for kidney failure. Shit. And Castle mentioned in a now-removed-for-whatever-reason article on the Focus Features website that one particular letter, he, he mentions in this letter, it reads, quote, bastard, believer of witchcraft. He didn't write the letter. Just kidding. I'm a liar. He wrote the... he he. See, I'm already, I'm already doing it. October has barely begun. So um, I know, I know. It's the worst. It's the curse. Um, it, last last season it was hay fever. This season it's the curse. Yep. Um, so the one of the letters he received read, "Quote." bastard believer of witchcraft worshiper at the shrine of satanism my prediction is you will slowly rot during a long and painful illness which you have brought upon yourself end quote well then sounds a little bit like kidney failure to me yeah and not to mention this kidney failure also caused castle to become delusional in that moment and allegedly he was repeatedly yelling in the hospital that the movie was cursed and saying, quote, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop that knife, end quote. Mm. But what's really fucked up is that while Castle was being hospitalized for kidney failure, right? Mm-hmm. The film's composer, Christoph Kometa, was admitted to the same fucking hospital for a blood clot. And he Ooh. died of a brain hematoma, the cause of which remains unclear. Mm. But it is very similar to what happens to the character Hutch in the movie. Ooh, so creepy. Right? Yeah, I don't it's like that. It's a fucking curse. Rosemary, drop that knife. I don't like that shit. No. No. So finally, what many also attribute to the curse of the movie, which we hinted at earlier, is the murders of Sharon Tate and her friends in the Polanski home by the Manson family. It included Tate and her unborn child. Um, people did callbacks to that, too, um, with Rosemary and the unborn child and Tate and the unborn child and like, I don't know that I really agree with this. I don't really like that we're going to bring them into it, like actual victims. Mm-hmm. Not not that Cometa and Castle weren't victims, but, like, they were victims of their own biology. They weren't victims of, like, a fucking crazy cult. Yeah. Um. So, I, I, I do think it's kind of disrespectful, but it's frequently attributed to the curse, so that's why I'm including it. Okay. And then Polanski went crazy after, and people are like, oh, and that's why. Mm. And let's just let's just let people be. But anyway, yeah. moving on, moving up and moving on to The Exorcist. <sighs> this was a tough one. I haven't seen it because I think we both know that I might die if I see it. Um, I yeah, saw one clip on Facebook and that was enough for me. Yeah. I, I learned so many things about this movie by doing this research. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean she masturbates with a crucifix? Like, oh <laughs> yeah i was like oh fuck no i i knew that i didn't know that you didn't know that uh i don't know much like i didn't know ellen burston was in this movie which she is like i didn't know a lot of things mm. um so yeah so this movie is rife with hauntings and curses yeah it was may it was published or it came out in 1973 and honestly it's probably the most famous horror movie and one of the most famous sets on which crazy shit happened yeah i would say that's true yeah and we'll and we'll get into it like we'll get into some of it because it's honestly extensive this is the one that we will talk the most about on this episode 
So, like with Rosemary's Baby, the production received death threats over the association with a portrayal of satanic themes. And obviously, people say that's the reason that everything went down. But as we've discussed, like, probably not. But Mm -hmm. also, of all of them, this would be the one. So, nine deaths are connected to the film. That's more than I thought there was. Mm -hmm. And this includes a special effects expert, a night guard, Linda Blair, the star of the movie. She plays Reagan, her grandfather, and Mm -hmm. actors Vasiliki Malia Rose and Jack McGowan died, who died before the film's release. And McGowan specifically died just one week after the movie's release. Mm. Or before. I might have meant before. Okay. I think I, d- I think I did mean before because my notes say after and then it's crossed out and then it says after again and I think I meant to write before. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> what time was I doing this? Um, just kidding. It was daylight because I'm not going to read about this shit in the dark. Um, hashtag puss. So the entire set for the two-story house in which the majority of the story takes place, for one thing, caught fire and burned down, which hmm. delayed filming for six weeks. Caught fire or air quotes, air quotes, caught fire? No, caught fire. They don't know the cause. Okay. And uh, you say this, but the bedroom of Linda Blair's character, Reagan, was completely untouched by the fire. Ooh. And that's like where the possession is, where the the whole thing takes place. That's where the shit goes down. So like, yeah, so that's one thing that's like not cute. And then actor Jason Miller his son was critically injured during the filming and so that was one other thing that people were like it's the curse but then also they were shooting there's like an archaeological dig to do with like the spirit and all this other stuff like watch the movie um don't do what i didn't read like multiple synopses um so they were shooting part of the scene in iraq mm-hmm. um or iraq i i always i always fuck it up um and the shooting was so hot that some of the crew members got sick and had to be not just, like, hospitalized, fucking replaced. Ooh. Yeah. And with all of these mishaps, a Jesuit priest named Thomas M. King was actually asked to bless the set. Yeah, probably for the best. Yeah, probably for the best. So then, as we mentioned before, Ellen Burstyn is in this movie. Fun fact, she only signed on for the film on the condition that she never had to say, quote, I believe in the devil. <laughs> wow. That's the condition. That was the condition. Also, another thing, as we'll get into, Audrey Hepburn was in talks to play Helen Burstyn's character, Reagan's mother. And Mm -hmm. for those who don't know, I love Audrey Hepburn. I'm always a hoe for Audrey Hepburn. She's probably my favorite. Um, You'll notice that I didn't specify my favorite what, perhaps. No, she's just my favorite. Um, (laughs) She was supposed to play this character, but they couldn't reach an agreement because she wanted filming to be in europe where so that she could be close to her family ah okay and that's the only reason she didn't do the movie so she Mm. would have been in this and this would have been happening to her because ellen burston was shooting a scene in which she throws linda blair's character from the bed and burston suffered a permanent spinal injury when the stunt went wrong uh, her harness jerked her back from the bed, and she fell and landed on her coccyx, which is her tailbone. Stop laughing. I can hear you. <laughs> it's a real thing. I broke mine once. It is a real and, thing. Yes. And it was actually her real scream of pain that was used in the film. Ooh. Yes. And another real scream that was utilized was when Linda Blair, she injured her back when a piece of the rig she was, like, attached to broke and she was thrown all over the bed on this one scene. Oof. Ain't no Willem scream up in this bitch. This is legit. Yeah. So then, in the arteriogram scene, an x-ray technician at NYU Medical Center, where that scene was shot, managed to get that small part as the x-ray tech. Mm -hmm. His name was Paul Bateson. And just six years after the film's release in 1979, he was convicted of the murder of a film critic and sentenced to 20 years in prison. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Zero, All right. to, zero to 100 really fast. Yeah. So he was also a suspect in the murders of six men between 1977 and 1978, who he said he picked up at gay bars, had sex with them, and then murdered them and dismembered them and put them into plastic bags, quote, for fun. For fun, and, you know, as you do. Yep, and they were subsequently known as the 
ever creative bag murders. Good. And we were talking about this earlier. These events were actually depicted in the movie Cruising. Oh, okay. Haley, I was like talking about cruising in relation to true crime. She was like, what is this movie? What is this about? about now you know. It's got Al Pacino. It's great. So although investigators believed Bateson, he was never officially charged. And those murders have technically never been solved. And Ooh, okay. what's worse, Bateson was fucking released from prison in 2004. So he's like walking oh. around. He's fucking cruising. He is. He's out there. Yes. So that's another thing. So then, but mishaps continued to plague the set during filming. And well after shooting ended, Bateson's case is one example. But then also during the film's premiere in Rome, lightning struck a 400-year-old cross on top of a 16th century Mm. church nearby. Not a a good sign. Perfect promotion. Mm. I know, right? But not a good sign. I was like, oh, somebody better get that on camera. So, yeah, but things are still happening today in relation to the movie. Um, Actress and pop culture icon Kadrolosha, Kadrolsha, I thought we were done with Andre Shikatilo. Kadrolsha (laughs) Ona Carroll created and produced the footage for the director's cut of the movie that was presented by Warner Brothers for the 40th anniversary of The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. And Carroll confirmed to televangelist Billy Graham, TBT Billy Graham, that there was a demon living in the celluloid reels. And she said that while putting the footage together for a paranormal presentation, her computer crashed. Her assistant started to sweat slime and nearly had a heart attack. And on her way to the presentation to be like, yo, Warner Brothers, this is like the paranormal shit that like I put together for this 40th anniversary DVD. Her car went off the road with no (gasps) explanation. Holy shit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it. So the exorcist tldr if you take nothing else away from this episode was fucking haunted slash cursed whoa yes okay so yeah that's too many things it's so many things and that's only some of them like it was ridiculous it's it's fucking nuts yeah we'll do we'll we'll talk more about the exorcist in the future because like there's like an actual story behind it so yeah uh, yeah it's a it's based on a true story yeah so we'll talk uh, more about it and, and maybe we'll mention more of the uh the happenings of the, the spooky curse. shit yeah yes so then next up we have the omen and for this movie there are actually two the first one was made in 1975 but then the remake came out in 2006 yeah both of them are fucking cursed <laughs> and they're always like satan demon movies that's yeah crazy. it's really it's really a trend yeah um but and that's like just fucking spooky in and of itself but like like i think i'm never going to do a demon related horror movie i won't say like no i won't like close the door on horror movies in general but i don't think i could do one that has to do with demons and satanism and stuff just because yeah. of all the shit that's going down then again yeah. Martin Scorsese, if you've decided that you're going to do, like, some kind of, like, art house thriller and you need a girl, I'm your gal, I'll fuck with a demon. No, I'll fuck with a demon. Are you kidding me? I'll fuck with a demon for, like, a movie deal. All right. I don't know what I was thinking two minutes ago. A literal Um, dance with the devil. A literal dance with the devil. Um, we, we We break out a Ouija board. We hold up a seance. It'll be great. So, for the first movie... The first, the original Omen. Yeah. It starred old Hollywood hottie Gregory Peck, who, Hepburn fact, was in Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn, which was her first, like, big movie role. Anyway, back to actually scary stuff. Hmm. Um, He was one of the first people involved with the movie, and he was one of the first people who were involved, who was involved to experience the effects of the Hmm. cursed slash haunted production. Okay. So, two months before filming began in 1975, or June 1975, duh, of course it's 1975, um, the movie came out in 1976, I don't know why I wrote that, but in June 1975, two months before they started shooting, Gregory Peck's son shot himself. (gasps) Yeah. That's so terrible. Yeah. Fucking awful. Yeah. Then, that September, plane... Peck was plane was taking to London. Um, <laughs> what is wrong with me? 
So Peck was taking a plane to London. Shooting was supposed to take place in London. The plane got struck by lightning. <gasps> yup. I think and that happens, though. Like, it happens more than you think it happens. You know, it's really funny that you say that. Because a few weeks later, executive producer Mace Newfeld was flying to Los Angeles, and his plane was also struck by lightning. And also, producer Harvey Bernhard was almost struck by lightning himself while filming in Rome. Get out of the rain! Get out of the (laughs) lightning, people! It's not just rain! It's not just like on a sunny day that these people are walking around and they're getting hit by lightning. True, fair. That, well, actually, we don't know. Can you fucking imagine? (laughs) That's a real curse, then. That's a fucking curse. So then, besides all of the lightning... (laughs) um the production chartered a plane to use while filming but at the last minute switched to a different one right okay Okay, fine the first plane fucking crashed soon after (gasps) taking off and killed everybody on board no yes and bernhard the producer was actually quoted as saying quote the devil was at work and he didn't want that film made end quote yeah yeah but the terrible incidents just keep coming Uh, during post-production the film's special effects artist John Richardson was in a head-on car accident (gasps) on Friday the 13th which resulted in the beheading of his assistant Liz Moore (gasps) who was a passenger in the car oh my god Richardson's final destination shit oh honey wait oh honey no (gasps) no Richardson's best-known contribution to the film is for a beheading scene that occurred in a similar <gasps> manner to what happened to Miss Moore. Stop that. Full-body chills. Not about it. Not no, about it. I hate no, it. thanks. No, you're thanks. On, you're on some list with the devil for even researching this. Exactly. Oh, no, don't <laughs> fucking say that. No. No. Oh, God, I gotta go back to church now. I never thought I was gonna oh, have to do that God. again. So... Richardson also reportedly saw a road sign near the accident scene. Like, you know, no. like one of those ones that like always tell you like where something is. So like, yeah, oh, yeah. like, like fucking Los Angeles, 50 miles or something like that. And they were in, they were in Denmark. No, oh. <laughs> I fucking hate you. No, they were in Denmark, <laughs> I want to say. So the town was Amen. O-M-M-E-N. <gasps> and the, and the sign Amen. read Amen. 66.6 kilometers. Stop. Oh, I'm going to throw up. Uh-huh. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I hate it. I hate that. Yeah, I know. You fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. Friday the 13th, this guy gets into an accident. His passenger is killed in the same way that he did an effect for the movie The Omen. They go to a town named Amen, and it's 6.6. No, that's, that's not. that. They passed a sign that just oh. said Amen with 666. Oh, okay. That's almost worse. Fuck. Yeah, they didn't fuck make that. it to Amen. Fuck um, that. And then one more thing. An animal handler who helped with the people who've seen the movie will know what I'm talking about here. I'm just going to be really transparent and say I have no fucking... Like, literally, I read this and I was like, what the fuck was this movie? <laughs> so an animal handler who helped with the crazy baboon scene... Is this still the original? Not the remake? No, not the remake. Okay. The OG had a crazy baboon scene. Okay. And, like, I don't mean, like, oh, it was a scene with a baboon and it was crazy. No, apparently, like, this baboon was fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, He was mauled and killed by a tiger shortly after shooting wrapped. <gasps> yeah. Yes. I mean, that so comes then, with the job description. You're an animal handler. We've sometimes. all heard of what happened to Siegfried or Roy yeah. or whichever one it was. One of them. Um, one of them. But okay. So now we'll t- now we're gonna get to the remake. Okay. So the set was allegedly cursed. According to director John Moore, a camera malfunctioned, which resulted in the loss of approximately two days worth of footage. Ooh. Which sucks. That's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Um, we've experienced similar stuff with our recordings. It's yeah. not fun. No. But then what sends it over the edge into Creepville? The camera had a fucking error message that said error 666. Stop. Which, according to the camera tech, 
that doesn't that error message doesn't fucking exist and should never have been displayed in the first place fuck that every single day yeah no like i'd fucking quit like i wouldn't because we know that i'm all about that money but i would fucking quit yeah that that i wouldn't but still but yeah so but there's more don't worry Mm. of course there is but wait there's more so like with the omen we're gonna talk about two other movies that are both like related Uh uh-huh and that would be the poltergeist movies yep i know some of these things you definitely know some of these yeah um specifically the original in 1982 and the sequel in 1986 that we get into i think the third one a little bit um but many believe that the curses that plagued the sets of these movies were pretty much karma and this one i kind of agree with because it's not about like satanism or anything no it was because they used real fucking corpses for the flooded pool scene in the first movie yeah i'm like yeah no we don't do that dog like no that's gonna be a no from me dog Mm. now on to the haunting first of all the film's lead heather o'rourke we all know her she's the little girl that's like they're back yes she died of a mysterious flu-like illness less than a year after the third poltergeist movie was released she was fucking 12 (gasps) no baby yes she died on the operating table after going into cardiac arrest and they don't the doctors were like we don't know what the fuck is wrong with her Mm. it was the poltergeist that was what i know i know let's just a poltergeist rug sweep rug sweep rug sweep rug sweep (laughs) so then also another actress who was in the first poltergeist movie dominique dunn died at the age of 22 in 1982 the year that poltergeist came out she was put on life support after being strangled by her abusive boyfriend john thomas sweeney and was taken off after five days no fuck him then in 2009 lou perryman who played a construction worker in the first poltergeist movie was fucking murdered in his home by an ex-convict with an axe oh yeah and i also want to note that like as you've probably seen from some of this like when i crossed out after and rewrote after i was deliriously tired i literally wrote in my notes murdered to death murdered to death by an ex-convict with an axe all right (laughs) so that's fun so that's good and then as for the sequel one of the actors in that film julian beck died while the film was in post in 1985 and another actor, Will Sampson, died of post-operative kidney failure in 1987, a year after mo- the movie was released. Mm. And then another... Ca- also, what is with kidney failure and these fucking satanic movies? Like, let's fucking yeah, right? stop with that. Um, but another cast member, Richard Lawson, was one of the 24 survivors of a plane crash in 1992 that was coming out of LaGuardia, in which 27 of the 51 passengers were killed. Ooh. Yeah. That's not good. Nah, and I think that's almost, dare I say, worse, because that means he saw those fucking people die. Yeah, that's fucking horrible. He saw a bunch of bodies, not floating in a pool, but still. Yeah. Actually, I'm curious to see if 27 died, I wonder how many bodies they used in the pool scene and if that would match up. Oof, no, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know, but I also want to know. If anybody knows, tell us, but don't tell us. So spooked. Mm, too much so then we've got the twilight zone movie it's called twilight zone the movie good a lot of people haven't really heard of it which kind of makes sense based on Uh what i'm about to tell you so but you you're gonna be like oh i'm really surprised i haven't heard of this and you're gonna be like oh i'm glad i never heard of it (laughs) not not i'm glad i never heard of it just like oh i know why i haven't heard of it now okay so this movie was produced and directed in 1983 by a relative unknown by the name of Steven Spielberg. Oh. It also featured fellow iconic filmmakers Joe Dante, mm-hmm. George Miller. They were the directors. Mm-hmm. John Landis wrote and directed. All right. And then a really popular screen actor at the time named Vic Morrow starred in the film. Mm-hmm. So it was like highly anticipated. Yeah. And it's 
the fucking Twilight Zone. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it was, it, it's like when people found out that J.J. Abrams was directing Star Wars. Yeah. Like, people went fucking nuts. So, the movie featured remakes of some popular Twilight Zone episodes. Each one was directed by a different filmmaker. So, Spielberg directed one, Landis directed one, Miller directed yeah. one. Um, like, Dante directed Like, they all did their own. So, all the... All of them, except for one, were remakes, and then one was a new story. Okay. So, lots of grandeur, lots of publicity... None of that kept creepy shit from happening on the set. Mm. On July 23rd, 1982, Moro was shooting a scene in which his character is supposed to rescue two Vietnamese children who were played mm. by Rene Chen and Maika Din Le. Maika okay. Din Le. However, despite unsafe conditions, Landis told the helicopter pilot to keep flying lower and lower during the scene in question. There were Mm. also tons of explosives going off and the pilot ultimately lost control and crash landed directly on top of Moro, Chen and Lei. Oh, Moro and Lei were decapitated and Chen (gasps) was crushed to death. Oh no. Yes. And according to sci-fi, no one reacted until Chen's mom started screaming. Nobody, like, it was, like, shock. Nobody realized. Yeah, I can understand that. That's... Yeah, and that her mom fucking lost her shit. Oh, my God. Um, Allegedly, Moro's last words were, quote, I've got to be crazy to do this shot. I should have asked for a double. Like, a stunt oh, double. Jeez. Yeah. Also, his character's lines in the scene, which he never got the chance to say, were, quote, I'll keep you safe, kids, I promise. Nothing will hurt you, I swear to God, end quote. Mm. Too much spook. Yeah, I don't like it. Fucking eerie. So then, attorney James Neal defended John Landis, who, along with George Folsey Jr., Dan Allingham, Paul Stewart, and Dorsey Wingo, they all were charged with involuntary manslaughter. All of them were found not guilty, despite the fact that the defendants admitted that they broke child labor laws by having the kids on set in the first place. Mm. Later on, all three of the families of the victims filed civil lawsuits. All of them received settlements. Both sets of parents of the two girls testified that they were never told about explosives being used in the scene. Uh Um, They also weren't told that helicopters were going to be used in the scene. And okay. Spielberg later said that this actually caused his friendship with Landis to end. Wow. And he said, quote, he said it, quote, made me grow up a little more, end quote. And that the incident left everyone who worked on the movie, quote, sick to the center of our souls, end quote. Now, here's the thing. So. People are going, oh, that's why I haven't heard of it. They Mm -hmm. didn't make it. People died. To the shock of many, the Twilight Zone, the movie, was completed and received a theatrical release, despite the tragedy. Jeez. It's not that important, people. It's really not. Like... Wow. Maybe don't. Like... Yeah. Maybe cut your losses uh, in the movie business, not in the sense of people dying, but... Like, yeah. You don't need to put the movie out. Like let no. the, let the families grieve and yeah, <laughs> it's like no, yeah. Um, so then it has a six point five out of ten on IMDb, which I think is too high. A fifty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is too high. Yeah, it's higher than some of like classic movies that we've talked about on here. Exactly, and an eighty eight percent Google wow. score, which is way too fucking high but do you think it's just because it's twilight zone yeah 100 percent. there are people who i guarantee you don't know about this yeah like i i can guarantee it like people know that the movie exists and it's on amazon prime if you want to watch it i don't think it's free but it is on there because it was like it came up as a suggestion for me and i was like fuck that shit yeah but yeah no it was pretty fucked up yeah um i laugh when i'm nervous 
So then our next movie is another onset tragedy to do with a curse. And that would be The Crow. Mm-hmm. A lot of people kind of know about this movie. It's kind of an infamous Hollywood tale. Um, and we all kind of know the main issue, which was that the antihero had like a supernatural incident like he gets killed and then he like rises from the dead but he's like grunge rise from the dead so that uh-huh. means like bad things like a pet cemetery type not deal. not quite like um like if daredevil or or the bad the bad cat woman where Halle okay. Berry gets killed <laughs> yeah but then the cat like gives her a lick and then she's like good to go kind yeah. of like that Okay. Except he's more like an anti-hero. All right. So the film's star was Brandon Lee, son of Bruce Lee. Mm. And he was shot in the abdomen with a real gun. When it was so they were shooting later in the evening and the weapons coordinator was sent home early that night. Mm. And they the crew basically decided to use a .44 prop gun without clearing it with the coordinator who had gone home mm-hmm. and the gun they thought it was loaded with full power blanks but they didn't know that a bullet had been so the gun had been used in a previous scene and they didn't know that a real bullet that had been used in that previous scene had become dislodged and lodged itself in the barrel Oof. And that's what happened to be the next bullet up. Holy hell. Yep. So, and let's not forget, someone had to shoot him. Yeah. And that was Michael Amasser, or Michael Masser, mm-hmm. um, who played one of the villains in the movie. He shot the gun, and the real bullet hit Lee in the abdomen. It actually became embedded in his spine. <gasps> oh, God. And he then died the next day of what is believed to be a brain hemorrhage after the doctors worked on him for five hours. Yeah. It was just like a fucking freak accident. He was also very young. He was 28. Oh, my God. Engaged and was like set to marry the woman, his fiance, in like a few months. No. Yeah. But that's not even all of it. Oh, God. So... To make things a little bit more tragic and creepy, first of all, we've got another brain hemorrhage death associated with these, like, semi-satanic movies. Yeah, yeah. But, um, as I mentioned, his dad was Bruce Lee, who also mm-hmm. died young. I believe he died at 53, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, he died in 1973, regardless. And he was posthumously featured in a bunch of movies, like, up to seven years after his death and more. Mm-hmm. Um, just like extra footage that people found. They were like, we're going to put him in. Yeah. In one movie, it was made in 1978 and it's called Game of Death. He plays an actor who gets shot after gangsters replace a fake bullet in a prop gun with a live one. No. And killed. I think I, I think I heard about this, but still, ooh, so creepy. Yeah, it was way too much. Like, yeah. And people say that that's, like, a family curse. Okay. Like, I was actually just talking to a co-worker about this the other day, and she was, like, she was alive then. Not uh-huh. that I wasn't, but I was, like, barely alive then. Like, I don't think, I don't think I even was alive. I think I was, like, waiting to be wee. induced because I did not want to leave the womb. And okay. honestly, right decision, baby me. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, they say it was to do with, like, a familial curse because Bruce Lee gave up a lot of, like, trade secrets to Western filmmakers. Okay. Um, But while the whole incident with Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee is the most well-known, it wasn't the only incident on set. Incidents included a grip truck bursting into flames on the set. Ooh. Um, A crew member accidentally stabbed his hand with a screwdriver. A stuntman fell through the roof of a set building in between takes. And one of the film's carpenters got shocked and burned by a scissor lift while on set. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 
So lots of bad shit. And like that one, like like the previous movie, Twi- the Twilight Zone movie, this also was still made. Wow. Um, I believe they had, don't quote me on this because I didn't do too much research into that. I believe they had, because they weren't completely done, um, Brandon Lee's stunt double portray him for the parts that were not finished because it's if you look at him it's like if kiss was grunge Mm -hmm. so like it's an all black leather bodysuit and then like white and black makeup on his face and then long stringy black hair yeah so So, his face was kind of obscured by makeup so they like they had they could get somebody that was similar enough looking that it wouldn't be too jarring for the rest of the movie. Yes. Yes. That's still too much. Yeah. Uh, it's. Wow. Yeah. It's just really. And again, I feel really bad about Michael Massey. Yeah. Like, fe- sh- he didn't know. No, he didn't know, but I'm sure he felt responsible. Like, yeah, I can't exactly. help it. I, I just. <sighs> Like, it's, I can't even, I can't imagine. I yeah. really can't imagine. Yeah, that's the absolute worst. Yeah, no. And so that was another one. And it actually, The Crow did really, did pretty well. Um, I didn't get, like, IMDb or anything for that one. Um, but it's, it it's still pretty prevalent today. People will still watch it. I I saw it yeah. a couple of years ago on HBO. So, like, that just goes to tell you. Yeah, they still show it places, yeah. Yeah. Um, there were also, pertaining to Brandon Lee's death, a lot of rumors that the film in which he's killed, uh, or the scene in which he's killed, was left in the final cut. That's really fucked up. Yes, and it's not true. Yeah, that they just, wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, some people also think that the gun, like, the bullet didn't just find its way into the chamber, that it was the Chinese mafia, because, again, people were pissed that Bruce Lee shared all those secrets with Hollywood. I don't think it's that either. I think it really was just, like, a tragic happenstance, because even if they shot, even if they put, like, a blank, a a real bullet in there, and then they were like, oh, no, it's a blank, whatever. Yeah. You don't know where this guy's gonna shoot him, if he's actually gonna aim for the abdomen or whatever. Yeah. Like, he could have hit him in the thigh. He could have hit him in the ass. Yeah. But no. He could have completely missed him. Exactly. So, like, yeah. But it's it's still pretty. It's pretty fucking tragic. And there's, like I said, a curse associated with it. Yeah. So then, next up, we've got The Exorcism of Emily Rose. This is Mm -hmm. a 2005 film. Um, I remember when it came out. Same. I was scared of the commercials. That's very on brand. And mm-hmm. what I actually learned, though, was that Jennifer Carpenter, who we all know from Dexter and let's be real more so we know her from White Chicks. She is Emily Rose. OK, which I didn't know. <coughs> she said that there was a malfunctioning radio in her room that turned on at around 3 a.m., which we all know is the bad number. Mm-hmm. Multiple nights during production. Ooh. She told Dread Central, quote, two or three times when I was going to go to sleep, my radio came on by itself. The only time it scared me was once because it's re- it was really loud and it was Pearl Jam's Alive, end quote. Mm, like okay. it fucking played Alive by Pearl Jam. I'm like, yeah. nah, fam. But then also Laura Linney, Carpenter's co-star, <laughs> and mine as well. Um, <laughs> she had a similar issue in which her TV was also randomly turning itself on at 3 a.m. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Not about it. I don't like it. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like that. No, no. So then, moving right along, our next movie, which for those keeping count, we have number eight, is The Innkeepers. And so it's a 2011 movie that was based on the true story of a real haunted hotel. Which just mm-hmm. so happens to be located in Torrington, Connecticut. It's called the Yankee Peddler Inn. And mm. director Ty West actually decided to shoot the film at the hotel, which, as we all know, is 
fucking stupid and a recipe for disaster bad news bad idea like i understand what you're trying to do don't do it so in an interview with IndieWire, west was asked if anything weird happened on set and he was like no everything was fine believable yeah just kidding um he told IndieWire, quote yes the thing is one being a skeptic i tend to not believe it as much the other thing is, when you're making a movie, the experience is so traumatic. I have enough things bothering me, so a ghost's not going to be my problem. But absolutely. The dreams came back the first day I walked in. The vibe was there. Sarah Paxton would wake up in the middle of the night thinking someone was in the room with her. Everyone has stories, but I was too busy saying, let's shoot this. We have 17 days. So I think I speak for everyone when I say, fuck that shit. That's me saying this. <laughs> I should have said, end quote. Um, but like, fuck that shit. Yeah. If I wake up and I think somebody is in the room with me, no, I'm fucking leaving and burning that shit to the ground. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> so then next up, we have The Possession. And this little 2012 horror flick stars Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who we know from Watchmen, The Walking Dead. He's married to Peyton from One Tree Hill. He yeah. co-owns a candy shop in New York with Paul Rudd. It's all he good. He does. He does. I keep wanting to go. Yeah. We'll go. When I come home to you for Christmas, we'll go. Yeah, it's upstate New York. Yes. And it also stars Queen Kira Sedgwick, who, mm. if you haven't watched The Closer, don't talk to me. And she's married to Kevin Bacon. They have one of the best marriages in Hollywood. And that may or may not be partially because they live in Connecticut. Fine, all right. But it's more likely because they spend half their time in Connecticut and half their half their time elsewhere. Um, it was directed by Danish director Ole Bornendal, and it tells the true story of a man who bought a Dybbuk box on eBay and fucked up shit ensues. Yeah. And that doesn't even include what happened on the set. Mm. So Morgan told The Hollywood Reporter in an interview that they experienced cold spots and bursts of wind on a closed set which means there's no doors there's no windows there's they're on a sound stage where there's no way for bursts of wind to come through yeah and then you feel a breeze and you're like the fuck fuck that and not just like a like a breeze like i'm talking like heavy winds yeah like at my alma mater the way some buildings were set up there, yeah, we you called got a it, wind tunnel we called it the sound view wind tunnel because that was the name of one of the buildings it was like a sound view wind tunnel yeah breeze so it wasn't a breeze um morgan explained that also lights would even explode in the middle of a take <laughs> because well, time to fucking die i guess yeah and he said quote we had all of our props a couple days after we finished wrapping they put everything in storage for if you're gonna do reshoots or anything it burnt to the ground it was investigated, and there were no signs of arson, no electrical fire, end quote. All right. Um, he also explained that with the lights exploding, quote, it always happened in the middle of doing key scenes. It didn't happen in between takes or doing scenes that didn't have a big story impact, end quote. Hmm. So then among the props destroyed in the fire was the fake Dybbuk box used during filming. And that's Ooh. all I've got to say about that. Ooh that's the end of that yeah so then up next we've got the conjuring 2013 movie lots of people know it based yeah. on one of the cases of demonologists and literal power couple ed and lorraine warren may they rest in peace yep if you've been living under a rock it stars patrick wilson as ed and vera farmiga as lorraine and even with a priest coming to bless the set which they've done with fun fact Every single Ed and Lorraine Warren-based movie. Conjuring, Annabelle, The Nun, all that shit. Yeah. Shit still went down. Mm. Which becomes a theme, as we'll see in a minute. So first of all, while working late one night, director James Wan's dog kept growling at nothing. Which no. is probably the point at which I would cancel the movie. Yeah, exactly. That's the end of that. Um... Also, multiple members of the real-life Perron family, whose story is the basis for the plot of the movie, visited the set and were immediately met with another powerful gust of wind on a closed set. Okay. But if you're feeling skeptical, 
just know that while they were dealing with that little like force of wind, their mother, Carolyn, who was back at home, felt a presence and then fucking fell like old lady fall can't get up fell. Oh, no. It was and suffered like it was bad. Oh, no. Yes. At the same time. Spook. Yeah. Nah. Um, Also, the cast and crew had to evacuate their hotel at one point because of a fire. The phone calls between screenwriters and, as I said, the late Lorraine Warren were always staticky and frequently they'd drop off for no reason. Um, Lorraine Warren lived in Monroe. I've been to Monroe. The service ain't that bad. Meanwhile, on Monroe, set, New York, Monroe, Connecticut, Connecticut, my bad, okay. Monroe, Connecticut. Yeah, the Warrens are from Connecticut. That's another. Yeah. Lots of shit goes down in Connecticut. It's because of the melon heads, but we'll get to that eventually. Um, but while on set, Farmiga's laptop somehow showed digital claw marks on the screen <gasps> when she no. opened it one day. Just she she also she would show interviewers on the movie's press tour photos of it. It was just three claws going no. down no um and it also happened to her thigh after filming wrapped no no thank you mm, yeah no thanks and yet she's still fucking doing it wow i'd be like time to retire let tessa take your place yeah. time to go but no so then as i said this is a running theme which is why next up we have annabelle and annabelle comes home and unsurprisingly, since this is the story of, I just fucking, I think I had a stroke. Um, <laughs> because it's the story of Annabelle, the fucking possessed doll, it's from the archives of the Warrens. It lives in their museum. Yep. Wan also produced Annabelle in 2014 and its sequel, Annabelle Comes Home, which came out just like a couple of months ago. Uh-huh. The latter of which he also wrote. And Interesting. In which Farmiga and Wilson reprised their roles as the Warrens. So first of all, on the first day of filming, Annabelle, um, I I miswrote a comma, and I wrote okay. on the first day of filming, comma Annabelle when in actually, when in actually, I'm not well. Um, first of all, on the first day of filming, Annabelle, comma, producer Peter Safran told the hollywood reporter that a light fixture randomly fell and hit a janitor on the head while an actor dressed as a demon walked into the green room like at the same time this happened no thanks yeah right that's spooky right right that's spooky yeah well listen in the movie the demon kills a janitor in that same hallway no thank you yep thank you but everyone canceled movie canceled now time to go home why can't we make movies about, like, I don't know, like, snuggly, fluffy bunnies? Why do we have to do this? No, so then... You, you, no, you get demons. Yeah. So, also, during filming, another three-finger claw mark was found on a dusty set window by director John Leonetti, which, again, creepy enough on its own before you realize that the demon in the movie has three fucking fingers. Yeah. No, thanks. Bye. Um... So, yeah, that was fucked up. Do you think it made anybody go, okay, maybe we should, like, stop making these? No. Of course not. Of course not. Instead, they made a fucking sequel. And McKenna Grace, she's a little girl. She's in, like, everything, honest to God. She's in Full House. She's in that Chris... Captain America, I don't know. All the Chris's confuse me now. There's too many of them. They all play superheroes. Chris Captain Evans. America, thank you. Thank you, Chris Evans. Um, she's in that movie where she's like his niece and she's like a math prodigy. She's in, she's in fucking everything. Um, she plays the daughter of the Warrens in Annabelle Comes Home. And in an interview with The Rap, she said, quote, there's a lot. They asked her, like, what happened? And she uh-huh. said, quote, there's a lot, but I'll start with a short one. I woke up one morning and I had this weird small cut near my hairline on my forehead and it was in the shape of a triangle. I was really freaked out and I got really scared because Gary Doberman, the director, had told me I was abducted by aliens and I started researching. I literally thought I had been abducted by aliens, end quote. Why would you say that? 
Why would you say that to a 12 year old, first of all? But also, was she abducted by aliens? Mm. Mm. So then she also told the rap, quote, when all of us were on set together for the first time, the lights went out and we were all freaking out and asking, Annabelle, are you there? Which, end quote, quick aside, you don't fucking do. We don't do that. We don't do that. That's a big no. That's going to be a no from me, dog. So then she says, quote, then the lights turned back on and my nose was bleeding so heavily. It happens sometimes because of allergies, but not this heavy. As soon as I left set to get a tissue, it stopped. Mm. End quote. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> fuck that. She also experienced things like doors she, su- she shut. I can't I can't do it. Doors that she shut suddenly being found wide open. A mm. shadowy figure that appeared to be asleep in one of the empty rooms on set was just fucking there. Okay. And lights in her trailer wouldn't work despite everyone else's being fine. And once they were fixed, she said there was a weird smell in the trailer. Mm. Furthermore, according to production notes, a piano bench in the prop room, quote, moved overnight on several occasions, though no crew members were working and the stage was locked, end quote. No, thanks. Mm hmm. Also, the watch of a journalist visiting the set, quote, went haywire with it changing time, speeding up and jumping ahead hours at a time. But when he put it on the next day, the time was accurate and everything was back to normal, end quote. Ooh. And finally, for one last no thanks, Grace had a rosary that she had been gifted and wore during the production and wore it every day. And according to the production notes, the cross... Just fucking fell the fuck off the rosary and onto the floor one day. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And as as a recovering Catholic, the amount of fucking rosaries that I've had that are both metal and also just held together with twine, that has never fucking happened. Yeah. I have never experienced that, nor has anybody I know that I know of. Maybe grandma. (laughs) So moving on, because this just gets worse. We finally have the 2018 horror film that's also part of the Warren movie universe, The Nun. Mm-hmm. It stars Tessa Farmiga, Vera Farmiga's daughter. Demian Bashir, who we all know because some listeners said that he was their choice if they were to cast another Ted Bundy movie in our Who Would You Cast? Yep, I remember yeah. that. And finally, we've got fucking Baroness Von Trocken. From the Princess Diaries as the fucking nun, bitches. Oh well, okay. Yeah, I didn't know I'm that. here all for right, this. Right. You just gotta give that nun a pair, and then everything's fine. But anyway, the movie follows a demonic nun who we know from The Conjuring Two, or you know from The Conjuring Two, because let's be real, my bitch ass didn't see it. And it was filmed in an actual abandoned abbey in Transylvania, which is just a fucking recipe for disaster, if you yeah, ask fuck me. That. They keep going. They gotta do more. So while director Corin Hardy was in an old cell watching a scene being filmed in the corridor, he noticed two dudes in the shadows just hanging out. But he figured it was two crew members because there's a lot of downtime on sets. They just hang out and wait. Maybe a couple gaffers. Who knows? But about half an hour after takes, they finished or whatever and hardy turned to ask the crew members that were hanging out what they thought and there was fucking nobody there Ooh. hardy told usa today quote i'm a real lover of all this stuff but i'm also relatively skeptical in terms of what i've experienced and therefore believe this was a particularly surprising and haunting moment but it also happened in a working day and i didn't really have time to stop and go I need to take a break. I just encountered some Romanian ghosts, end quote. <laughs> okay. I would have taken a fucking break all the way back to America. Yeah, but let's anyway. this. So then finally, we have a bonus. And mm-hmm. as it was alluded to before, Haley ruins everything. Because <laughs> for those who... And I did not plan this, first of all. I want to put down... On the record, I didn't plan this. Number 13, our final movie subject, 
mm-hmm. isn't a movie at all. It is Ghost Whisperer, the mm. iconic ghost mystery solving series. And you can miss me with that Patricia Arquette medium shit because they are very different, but also very similar. All right. Jennifer Love Hewitt, who, as everyone knows, was the fucking star, believes that the set of the series was haunted. She told Buddy TV in 2007, a simpler time, there can be energies and spirits in and around places. We were filming in a certain part of the lot, and there was this building I was walking out of to start a scene, and there were seven crew members who went inside this building and had very strange experiences. One of the ladies felt her sweater being tugged, and she couldn't explain it, and another Mm. guy felt somebody tugging on the bottom of his jeans, and I had the bottom of my dress tugged. We definitely felt like something was in there, end quote. Hmm. And mommy is done. Well, then. She's done with that. I'm done. Whether it makes it into the episode or not. I spooked myself with my cat. <laughs> yep. So. I, I thought you were going to talk good- about. um, What is it? The curse of the Joker. I don't have uh, a lot of information about it, but um, I just thought of it. It's like yeah, every person how, like, that plays the Joker. If you do Joker, a good job, you die. Yeah. yeah That's a yeah. good point. That's a good point. I didn't really think much about that, honestly, because I don't know why. But I guess That's because it one. wasn't a stereotypically Halloween movie. That's probably it. But yeah. no, and even in my research, because there were times where I just was like, I was like, well, what other ones are there? And a bunch came up that I didn't include because they were either too obscure or they were, like, f- fucking written in French, what have you. <laughs> yeah. That didn't come up. That never came up. Weird. Yeah. That's really weird. Another one that I thought of, which, if you know anything about me, you know I love The Wizard of Oz. It's true. And The Wizard of Oz is uh, notoriously, like, a curse set because the scene where Margaret Hamilton, who plays the Wicked Witch... Mm-hmm. Um, like, like bursts into flame and like drops down into like a uh, like a a trap door. Yeah, when she's like leaving Munchkinland, like she actually like lit on fire. Yeah, and um, she had a bad, bad, bad reaction to the green makeup. No, that was um, I think Jack Haley was the guy that ultimately he, ended he up had playing. A bad- yeah, he, no, he, was, he was the, the guy, guy that, that played before him had a bad reaction to, but I yeah. believe she got like a rash. The other guy yeah. like couldn't breathe. She yeah, got like he, a rash. He had like an allergic reaction to it and like could not <laughs> play the Tin Man, so that's why they had to get uh, Jack Haley to play it. And what there was that whole conspiracy theory that in the background of one of the scenes you could see like a munchkin yeah, hanging himself. Yeah, the themselves. dude hanging himself. It's not. It's a bird. It's not. I know. I know. But still, <laughs> um, also, technically, nobody ever brings it up. Not really related. That's where um, I'm almost positive Judy Garland got like her first taste, basically, of drugs because she was a child actor and she was like tired a lot if i'm not mistaken and yeah, it was and either this her, movie like, or the next one yeah they gave her amphetamines because they didn't know like how bad 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 it was at the time but they yeah. gave her so many so frequently that she became addicted yeah and everybody always shits on her for being an addict and i'm like no like literally it was not her they fault. made her that way they made her that way like they made her anorexic they made her have this have this addiction they made her like do all this shit poor Judy i was Garland. actually just reading an article about her they made her have two abortions they did, they did. oh no they did yeah no it's fucking awful. the movie industry yeah. is, is the they that uh, we're yeah no don't to. even get me started because there's a lot of shit that they've pulled yeah but but anyway that was just another one that i thought of yeah so no that's those are those are two sense. other ones now we're now we've rounded up from fi- from thirteen to fifteen, so I'm feeling a little bit better. Nice. All yeah. right. My screaming well, scared that. the cat away. <laughs> um. Um. So this is the first episode of our October series, like we said at the beginning. So expect another episode on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. At the time you are listening to this, uh, I will be on the West Coast, but not with Caitlin. Not with me. I'll be very upset, very sad. I'm a. I'm being. I'm going to be very extremely north. Too north. 
two north, north, five me. Yes. But, but alas. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be celebrating the spook out west. I'll be celebrating it never. Like, I love, I love October. I don't love the spook. We've been through this. I love the spook. Anyway, tell us how much you love the spook. And, and how much you love us. Because we're yep. needy. We are. <laughs> um, you can find more information. I'll post a bunch of stuff uh, on the website. That's crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. There's also going to be um, a lot on the social media in the next coming days and weeks, rest of the month. I was going to um, say, it's not like we're taking a break. Like, there's always going no, to be stuff on social media. Like, it's going to be, like, a lot more because we got, <laughs> yeah, double, we the got episode. double the episodes. Double the fun. So that's um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, there's a link tree that you can find all of the links to all of our social media everywhere and everywhere that you can listen to us. But if you're listening to us now, you've obviously found what medium you like to listen to us on, so... Well, most anyway. of you. Yep. There may be some still floundering from Podcoin. Hashtag yeah. RIP Podcoin. RIP. RIP. It, it was a good one. It was a good thought. Pouring one out for the Podcoin. Yep. But yeah. Anyway, that's that's Tuesday. So we'll it see is. you on Thursday. Uh, I miss see you next Tuesday. No. I'm going to see you on Thursday. Okay, I guess. Okay, bye. Bye. Ooh, you went away for that one and then came back. Ooh, so many levels. <laughs>